You're listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. Hello, Zachary. Hello, Catherine. How are you doing? Well, I'm just fine. How are you? Great. Zach just balanced a highlighter on his nose, so it's pretty good in my eyes. Yeah, you can tell I'm very energetic. Yeah, and talented. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you say. All right, so I'm going to give you a topic today, and the topic I want to give you actually came up on last week's episode that I did. Oak Island, right? Oak Island, and I think... I I think I said this in the episode. I at least thought it, or I at least thought it today. At some point, the uh, the thought I occurred. But oh wow! Uh, <laughs> so what I want you to study is Shakespeare caveat. Don't tell me about the plays and the sonnets and all that. We all learned that in an English class. And if you didn't, I'm sure there's a million podcasts out there that would do a better job. And good luck. It's great. But we don't care about that right now. What we want to know is the conspiracies about who Shakespeare is. That's what came up on the podcast right. last week. That some people think Sir Francis Bacon is was Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Tell us about the theories. For some reason, I don't even really know why, why. I guess maybe just there isn't a real proof of exactly who Shakespeare was. Like, I don't even know why there are all these conspiracies. Why isn't it like, yeah, Shakespeare was a dude. Right, you yeah, know? it's weird. No one's like, Benjamin Franklin wasn't him. Like, yeah. we all just are like, yeah, it was him. I mean, of course, there's a bit of separation between Benjamin Franklin yeah. and Shakespeare in terms of time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was modern enough that there um yeah. if he was as famous as he turned out to be like isn't there more record of his life and proof that he did exist or maybe he did exist and uh got credit for all this work but some people su- suspect that he wasn't the one who actually did it yeah you i know, don't maybe really he know. was for sure a real guy but people were like but he wasn't actually writing it i i hear you i don't think that's it but i'm not positive because i've never done a super deep dive on this so you get to do a, I guess that's my job, huh? a partial deep dive on this in the next 30 minutes. I'll dip my toe. It'll be fun, right? Yeah. yeah I think it'll be, be interesting. One. Yeah. So just, you know, figure out the big ones. You don't need to come up with any of your own or find the most minute ones out there. But, you know, big ones, tell us what they are. Maybe tell us what you're partial to by the end. Okay. Will do. All right. Cool. All right. Fare thee well. Oh, wow. You're doing it already. Ready to get into some Shakespeare's? Oh, wow. You oh, had yeah. that one locked and loaded. Literally thought of that before I even started researching. It's good. It was good. I got another one I'm saving for the end. We'll see if it's any better. Okay. All okay, right. Cool. I can't wait. Um, all right. So, William Frank Shakespeare was born. You love to give people fake middle names. That's his name. It is not. You're right. <laughs> I don't know if he had a middle name. I didn't really. Um, didn't really check well if he's not a real person how could he have a middle name no 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 he is a real person so in the intro we were wondering how much uh documentation of his life existed and you were right his life is 
not the subject of debate, whether or not William Shakespeare, the man, existed. Oh, That's cool. not the question. Isn't it funny? I really didn't know. Like, I had yeah. no idea. Well, great. That sounds good. Yes. So, William Shakespeare definitely existed. He was born on April, or actually, I should say, in April. I don't know exactly what day. In April 1564, in a place called Stratford-upon-Avon in the United Kingdom, which I suppose is a place on top of another place. <laughs> Maybe like a second story yeah. on mm-hmm. a city. It's I didn't a, know they had that back then. Stratford levitates above Avon. I That's how I understand it, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he died also in April mm. 1616 at an alleged 52 years of age. Mm. That's very conspicuous. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Auspicious. No, I was trying to say like, mm. He died in the same month he was born? Yeah, Fishy. sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how you would do it if you were faking someone's existence. You would make them die in the same time they were born. Totally. Because you'd scramble. They'd be like, well, when did he die? And you'd be like, uh, same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to dispute that. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it wasn't until the mid-1800s that the so-called authorship of his work was ever questioned. So, oh. as you said before, we're not going to get into who Shakespeare was was and what he did, um, allegedly. I think everybody <laughs> knows that. Mm-hmm. So, we're just going to skip... In case you don't, he okay. wrote a In bunch case of you plays, <laughs> he wrote a bunch of sonnets, you've heard of them, Romeo and Juliet, Midsummer Night's Dream, Julius Caesar, I mean, I don't All right, know. she's running out of steam. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. What's a sonnet? Uh, a poem. A poem, okay. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it, oh, I don't know, I, I, I take it back. Shakespeare sonnets were generally about love, but I don't know if a sonnet has to be about love. Okay, can I ask another question? Mm-hmm. What's on your face? I have a face mask on, guys. It's Sunday. I'm still going to do self-care on Sunday. Yeah, I was just... because we're doing a podcast doesn't mean I... I'm just teasing you because in the interim, she was like, is it going to distract you if I have a face mask on? And I said, no, not at all. And then and I just now decided he's calling to call me out. out. It's a clay one. It's not like a sheet one. So don't worry that I look like a scary sheet. Yeah, face. thank God. Those things are frightening. They're really scary. Um, okay. Like I said, mid-1800s when the authorship was called into question... Uh, that said, documentation of his life is sparse, but probably as good as you could hope for for someone born in 1564, right? Yeah. I mean, they so his life is basically outlined, and this is in my very quick research. I'm sure there are biographies, not I'm sure, there are definitely biographies written about him and mm-hmm. who he was in his whole life leading up to um, his career as a playwright. Uh, but most of what we know for sure, it comes from, like, official documents. Uh, I guess he was baptized, you know, mm. three days after he was supposedly born. Oh, wow. um, there's documentation of that. There's documentation of his marriage to the actress Anne Hathaway. There's documentation... Anne Hathaway. The Anne Hathaway? The, yeah, the girl from, um... Princess uh, Ella something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Princess Diaries. Yeah. What's, what am I thinking of? Is she in Ella? Ella Enchanted. Is she in that? Yeah. Oh, okay, she's cool. Ella. Yeah. Wow. So she's, she's also in Les Mis. Also Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, and he was married to her, wow. which I guess makes her 
570 years old at least. He looks great. No, but all jokes aside, his wife's name was Anne Hathaway. That's really fun. Um, he uh, They had a kid, and then like a year and a half later, they had twins. So oh, wow. all of that stuff is documented, right? Uh-huh. So that's how we know that this guy existed. Okay. Um, but let's get into some theories. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm going to put these theories out there. First of all, there are tons. Oh, really? Yes. People, I thought there was going to be like four. There are major ones, of course. Okay. But people, um, I think once the question arises, people then shoot off in every direction so and try to disprove Shakespeare. How do you not jump on the bandwagon? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to focus on just a couple here. Okay. Uh, but there are tons and tons and tons. The first one, oh, I was going to say, I'm not going to give the counter to any of these theories. Okay. Right, I'm not going to waste time like, well, isn't the like counter laying out the theory. Well, isn't the counter always just like, but also maybe he's not Shakespeare? Well, no, I mean, it can be more specific, like, I'm just going to make one up, but if someone's like, well, he couldn't have written them because he was Didn't um, know how to read. left-handed and these have paper smudges on the right hand, but then... You know, most scholars say that, no, actually, he was right-handed, and we know that because of this you okay. know, document yeah, from when he was eight exhausting. years old. Yeah. yeah. So we're not going to get into um, the counter-argument for these theories, but they are there are plenty, and I will say that the very, very, very small minority of scholars, especially Shakespeare scholars, believe any of these theories. Right? Oh, really? So yes. Shakespeare scholars are like, y'all are tripping, Shakespeare well, naturally, was Shakespeare. Right? I didn't know. Very few think that there's any merit to any of these theories. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yes. Um, yeah, you're right. You didn't know. I mean, for all we knew going into this, it was hotly debated. But yeah. um, hotly debated by very few people. Okay. Uh, and maybe a lot of them are wearing tin hats. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I get your joke and yeah, sure. But like, I don't know. After reading some of these, it's like, yeah, of course it was. Of course it was probably... Shakespeare. But also maybe not. But also maybe not. Okay, cool. Uh, the first one is the Oxfordian theory. Ooh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so this uh, revolves around Edward de Vere, who was the 17th Earl of Oxford, mm. otherwise known as Oxford. Like, that's what he, how he is referred to. People call him Oxford. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. It is weird. I don't quite get it, but <laughs> yeah. I just was picking up what I was reading. Okay. Uh, so he was some sort of noble person. Mm-hmm. Uh an heir to the second oldest earldom of England, whatever Dang. that means. I yeah. have absolutely no idea. Cool. Um, anyway, supposedly a real advocate for the arts and a lauded, lauded? Lauded, I lauded, would say. Um, mm-hmm. as a fantastic playwright in his time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although none of his writing is known to exist today. Oh, too bad. Yes, but there's, I guess, ample documentation from the time of people talking about what a brilliant playwright like he was. Like texts from someone to their friend and they're like, dude, I just saw Oxford's play. It was rad. Yeah, like screenshots of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. Cool. Um, that, they, that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some circumstantial evidence. Perfect. The first folio of Shakespeare, which is his first collection of plays mm-hmm. uh, that was published, was published by um, De Vere's family. Oh, so it's kind. Of, it feels kind of silly to just like introduce these things and then read off a couple of reasons because as I'm researching it, I'm getting a lot more information. It's just that I'm quickly yeah. skimming it and I'm picking up, you know, fifty percent of what I'm reading and I'm writing down 
10% Mm -hmm. of what I'm picking up even. So, but just know that this is a, probably the leading theory Oh really? Who uh who maybe is responsible for the writings of Shakespeare is oh, this guy. Yeah, I, I I would say this Oxfordian theory has probably the biggest following from what I could gather. Cool. Um so again, s- some evidence uh Shakespeare's first folio was published by this guy's family. Mm-hmm. Um Oxford, the man, was a huge patron of the arts. Like that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh he also a lot of people point to Shakespeare's works and factual events from Oxford's life and are like, that's just like straight up autobiographical. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so that's cool. kind of their argument. And yeah. I wish that I had more specific examples, but hopefully this will encourage people to go do some reading on their own, yeah. which honestly I was really enjoying. I definitely could have spent a lot more time looking over this stuff. I thought it was really interesting. Oh, cool. And I think there is a documentary about that kind of sums up all of these conspiracies. Is it Shakespeare in Love starring Gwyneth Paltrow? That's the one. Oh, wow. Perfect. No, but when <laughs> I was searching YouTube for Shakespeare conspiracies, one of the first things that came up uh, under like the autofill search was Shakespeare conspiracy documentary. Oh, cool. And I didn't even like click into it, but... That would be fun to watch, especially now after you've learned all this. It would be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It would be really cool. Um, oh, another thing... Several of Shakespeare's plays are set in Italy, mm-hmm. and there's no evidence of Shakespeare ever going to Italy, but Oxford lived in Venice for uh, like a chunk of his life. Well, that's really interesting. Venice specifically, Shakespeare has set plays in Venice. Yeah. And I guess uh, even so far as like using really specific um, uh, ideas, or not ideas, but calling out very specific parts of Venice that it's like almost not impossible, but would be really hard to know the intricacies of this specific ghetto or where this monument is situated. If you haven't been there, like it's just like little stuff like it, it, you know, it's not like back then you can't Google it. Right. That stuff's really hard to research. And and it's not as if he's writing about Rome and, and, mentions the Colosseum. He's writing about this tiny little like village neighborhood ghetto and like the one little statue they have on the corner. Stuff like that that existed in real life, but it's like how would he even know that? Yeah. Well that's cool. He he learned it from someone. Right. But he didn't go there as far as we know. So yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um but Oxford lived in Venice for a time. I like this. Um, I'm being persuaded by that. That's interesting. Also Oxford uh being from a I don't know if royal is the right word. I just don't get mm-hmm. what went on over there. Yeah. Um, but being from like a royal family, he definitely knew the ins and outs of royal life and of uh, the court system. Mm-hmm. I guess being an earl, maybe you're something in the courts. Yeah, um, sure. Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> but he knew the ins and outs of the court system, which are written about by Shakespeare like over and over and over again royal life in the court system and a lot of people are like how would shakespeare how would he be able to write such accurate Mm. like courtroom drama for lack of a better word yeah you know again there's no real like research outlets back then of course you could say that well he probably would just go to these court hearings Mm -hmm. or knew people who knew about them and, and found out from them but the way that people learn about that stuff today is 
by researching it in books and on the mm-hmm. internet and works that have come before, you know, but like for him to write such driven and accurate like portrayal or depictions of uh like court settings and royal life it's like he must have had a real inside track on that or he was a different guy who Mm -hmm. actually lived that life yeah cool i like these so far okay cool well that kind of sums up the oxfordian theory okay so number two is the uh baconian theory Oh, nice. Named for, obviously, Sir Francis Bacon, who came up in the Oak Island episode, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Some think that perhaps Shakespeare's original manuscripts are buried on Oak Island because Sir Francis Bacon actually is the one who wrote them. And for whatever reason, he fled England and buried his stuff on Oak Island. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into this a little bit. Yeah. So who was that dude? Do you have a little background on Sir Francis Bacon? Sir Francis Bacon was kind of a renaissance man in renaissance times, nice. if you will. Wow. Um, just made that up. Thank you. That was great. But he was like a physicist, an author. Uh, he did write some plays. He was really? He's basically like the, the genius of England in this time. Oh my gosh. I should read a book about him. Yeah. I think he did like astrology. He did mathematics like just everything mm-hmm. um and he was very much a contemporary of shakespeare in that they were born in the same country like mm-hmm. weeks apart or something like that like oh, they're like wow. the same age you know cool um i mean maybe not weeks i shouldn't say that okay. but they're even ve- if they're years apart that's but that's they were very, very much contemporary yes uh anyway he was a really great thinker extremely smart when you look at Shakespeare's writings, when people examine them um, on a lever- level much deeper than I'm able to, they are extremely smart. They were obviously written by a really, really intelligent person, mm-hmm. not only in their writing, like in the ability to capture emotion and, and to put together words, but also, like we mentioned before, being able to write about uh, about. legal things being Mm -hmm. able to write about scientific things stuff like that it's just like obviously whoever was writing this fiction actually had a breadth of knowledge Mm -hmm. in a lot of different fields yeah and most people who look you know who believe in this baconian theory are like francis bacon is the guy from that time period in that place who would have been able to write all of this stuff cool so a few little bits of evidence, and there's there's so much out there. Um, I pulled these from a website that was uh, not secured. Okay, um, good to know. Definitely written in HTML. Mm-hmm. You know those websites? You yeah, ever, yeah. And it's like, like oh, wow. Oh, there's no layout to this. This is unchanged <laughs> from 1996. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, that's what this website was, so take it with a grain of salt, as or you should all of it's this. it's more legit than anything absolutely possible (laughs) one of the bits they had on there was that a friend wrote a letter to sir francis bacon alluding to the idea that he uses a uh pseudonym so to go Uh into that a little more the letter was something along the it was from like 1603 and remember shakespeare was born in 1564 died in 1616 okay so 1603 um this friend wrote a letter to Sir Francis Bacon and was basically like, blah, 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 like Sir Francis Bacon, or if I should even call you that, like maybe mm. I should call you by your other name. Some, yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. like that. 
where two people in on the same joke were making some sort of reference to him using another name. So yeah. when people look at that now under the, you know, eyes of this whole theory, they're like, well, that's alluding to something. Yeah. He definitely was doing something. Right. Maybe he was doing drag at night, but he was up to something. I'd watch that show. Right? That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, another one was that... Uh, wait, sorry. Okay, there's a whole thing about a cipher. Again, Sir Francis Bacon, genius. Mm-hmm. He created these ciphers, basically uh, codes, yeah. like secret codes hidden in text. Mm-hmm. And I did not have nearly enough time to like look into them or pull examples, but apparently that cipher is... Um, can be found in Shakespeare's works. Oh, wow. Although, I, like I said, I didn't really get to look into it, but I don't know how strong of a, like, clue that could be. Mm-hmm. Because if it were, like, clearly laid out, this would have to be a very relevant theory that people would take yeah. quite seriously or at least be a huge question mark on the legacy of Shakespeare. Uh, but it doesn't seem to come across that way. So this I'm assuming... This sounds like something would be super fun to, like, watch a... 15 minute video by people who like really believe in it right and just you know just be into it for that brief time and be like yeah totally and then walk away and be like that's very attenuated exactly <laughs> yeah I, and i wish i had time to do that mm-hmm. uh so there's that cipher thing cool. um mark twain believed in this really yeah so i guess mark twain wrote a piece called i think it's called is shakespeare dead Maybe it's is Shakespeare still alive? It's something along those mm. lines. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mark Twain did not live anywhere near yeah. uh, in same the same time. time period as Shakespeare. Um, but yeah, he very much like believed that Sir Francis Bacon probably was responsible for the wow. writings of Shakespeare. Okay. Um, another Shakespearean scholar named Horace Howard Furness uh, has Furness. a like quote that basically says. If these writings, talking about the writings of Shakespeare, mm-hmm. if these writing, the, and sorry, this guy's from like the early 1900s. Okay. But he says, if these writings showed up out of nowhere anonymously mm-hmm. and we had to examine them and decide who they came from, Francis Bacon would be like the only, the only choice. Yeah. Like every, like it, it like people would, you would, if you were looking at it honestly, Anyone would have to unanimously agree that, like, he's the only guy that could have written this. Wow. Just based off of how how smart it was. Yeah, yeah. And how, how it covered so many different areas of mm-hmm. art and life and love and science. It's like, he's the only guy who could have possibly conceived of this, you know, four, 300 years ago. When this guy was stating this. Right. Yeah, so I thought that was something. Yeah, that's And that's, cool. a, that's a Shakespeare scholar. That's a guy who was not... Uh, disputing the Shakespeare uh, that Shakespeare wrote these things mm-hmm. you know but he was just looking at it objectively and be right. like yeah if we didn't know who wrote them he would definitely be the guy that uh we would, think would be the them. most logical choice interesting cool yeah I wish I had more on this Baconian theory but I don't it did, that was pretty good I liked it okay cool so I've got one more mm-hmm. um and again there are many, many theories. I encourage you to go read your own. Honestly, this seems like a fun thing to 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 look into on your own. It was. I was. Um, I found myself being like, "Man, Shakespeare probably didn't write this." Stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
because there are so many theories out there. And an interesting thing about conspiracy theories, one of the videos I was watching kind of um, tried to explain it a little bit. They were very much on the side of this is all rubbish. Shakespeare mm. obviously wrote this stuff, which mm-hmm. is probably true. Okay. I mean, of course. Fair enough. Um, but they were looking at it from a more psychological approach and talking about conspiracy theories and, and saying how conspiracy theories, um, they come about when people are confused by something, scared by something, something can't be explained. And then a theory comes along that makes it make sense to them. Mm-hmm. And then they find community in that theory with yeah. people who also believe that theory. Probably and makes them feel safe. that makes them feel safe and lets their brain have an explanation for something that for one reason or another, they can't really explain. Yeah. And obviously that, that ranges in scale from who wrote these 450 year old plays, like mm-hmm. who gives an F to nine eleven, exactly, yeah. exactly, and mm-hmm. everything in between. So um, that's kind of where conspiracy theories sort of come from. But this one, I think, is a lot more on the fun side. Which oh, is, definitely, you're not harming anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one is called the Marlovian theory. Oh, I know this one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell me what you know about it? Mm, no, because I don't know that much. I literally was just gonna say. I think this might be part of Shakespeare in Love, the movie, but I might be wrong. But I do – I've heard this one. You are right about that. Oh, am I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so maybe that's even how I know about it. I just know that there's this dude. I forget his first name. Marlowe. Christopher. There we go. Christopher Marlowe. And that I knew that people thought that maybe he was Shakespeare. Yeah, and I've never seen that movie. I know it's honestly a great about movie. It. I know okay. Harvey Weinstein produced it, but like celebrate the art, not okay. the whoever, whatever we want to call him, producer. Scandal noted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this guy, yeah. When I was researching this, I did see Shakespeare in Love came up in connection with okay, this guy. Cool. So you're definitely right about that. Um, Christopher Marlowe was a playwright, again a contemporary, mm-hmm. living and working the same times that Shakespeare was. Were they friends? Um, Maybe in the movie they're friends or something, but I, I always had this sense that like they're friends. I can't say for certain. Okay. And I'm not saying that that is not a fact that you could look up. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. But that wasn't like a big part of it. Like they were best friends or uh, anything. It's, a, it's hard to say because... There's evidence that they um, certainly worked closely together, or perhaps Shakespeare was simply reading his stuff and borrowing from it. Oh, so dang. I I just don't know the answer to that. It's okay. one of the two. They either knew each other and worked together, or Shakespeare was just a fan and kind of ripped this guy off. Yeah. Um, but either way, they were living and working at the same time in okay. the same place. Okay. Uh. I'm sure they had come across, like, cross paths. They probably knew each other. Mm-hmm. I think they were dating. They were friends. Okay. <laughs> they knew each other. Yeah, they were actually related. They definitely knew each other. Great. Um, so, Christopher Marlowe supposedly died in 1593. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is interesting because this theory relies heavily on Shakespeare's lost years. Okay. okay which are, remember when we were talking about the only real... Um, not only, because there's a decent amount, but the evidence of Shakespeare's life as a man usually just comes through public record. He uh-huh. wasn't written right, about right. when he was yeah. alive, but uh-huh. but you can there's records of when he was married and when uh-huh. his kids were born. So his wife had twins in 1585. Uh-huh. 
they or actually I don't know if they were born in 1585, but they were baptized in 1585, okay. and there's record of that. Sure. Then Shakespeare kind of vanishes. Mm-hmm. There are no other public records of him at all, totally unaccounted for, until 1592, seven years later. Okay. And those are known as his, as his lost years. To be fair, I babysat twins for a while, and, like, I get it, girl. I had lost years <laughs> as well. Well, sure, but <laughs> supposedly... Um, most people agree or at least believe that he was not living with his family during this time. Oh, also get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Uh, That's kind of scandalous. But anyway, those are his last years. Mm-hmm. Um, 1585 to 1592. Supposedly, Christopher Marlowe died in 1593. And I say supposedly because proponents, proponents of this theory think that his death was faked oh um there's no record of shakespeare's life from 85 to 92 right mm-hmm. uh, marlowe dies in 93 and then shakespeare just kind of pops back up again okay. right when marlowe dies so there's shakespeare's first ever published play is called venus and adonis mm-hmm. okay it was uh, registered, I think, for what would be like a trademark, you know, sure. mm-hmm. in April of 1593. Okay. With no name attached to it. It was registered anonymously. Oh. So the, you know, whatever office gets this play, but there's no author on it and they like registered. Okay, this is a play now. Here, put a stamp on it. Uh, that was in April. Marlowe supposedly dies in late May. Okay. And then 13 days later, this play goes on sale with Shakespeare's name attached to it. Oh. Right. It's a, a pretty weird series of events, whether these guys knew each other or were colluding or were one and the same. Mm-hmm. It's a weird series of events, right? Uh, so that's kind of like the uh, kind of the anchor of this theory. Not mm-hmm. the anchor, but like a strong point yeah. to this theory. Sure. Um. There are a lot of similarities between their writings, too, mm-hmm. which is another one. Uh, okay, for instance, can you recite the most famous line from Romeo and Juliet? Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Okay, good answer. That backfired. Oh. that definitely is the most famous one. Oh, wait. But, let me guess. What's okay. the other one? I'm motioning. I'm doing the action. Uh, He's looking up at her on the balcony. Oh, uh... Juliet something is the sun. Yes. I forget. Okay, he says, um, and I don't know it word for word, but basically he says, but soft, what light through yonder window breaks. It is the east and Juliet is the sun. Yes, great. I'm a word or two off, right? I'm going to hire you. Okay, so Romeo and Juliet was published in uh, 18, or sorry, 1597. Okay. However, in 1590... This guy, Christopher Marlowe, published a play called Jew of Malta. Harsh title. Um, I mean, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with the title. It just sounds weird to say it. All right. Um, But anyway, can I recite for you a line from Jew of Malta published seven years before Romeo and Juliet? Definitely. So this is a scene where the the male lead is looking at the female lead on a balcony. Mm -hmm. And he says, But stay, what star shines yonder in the east? The lodestar of my life, if Abigail. Hmm. 
Mm. Very similar to yeah. But Soft. Yeah. What light through yonder window breaks. It is the east and Juliet is the sun, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, definitely. Like, they Same are, vibe. And nobody disputes that. Everybody looks at that. Even the Shakespeare scholars who 100% think that Shakespeare wrote every word that he wrote, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, he clearly ripped him off. There. Yeah. Like 100%, he just stole that line from yeah. him. And we can't defend, defend that. There's no explanation other than he stole that line. So um, I guess that is one instance of the counter argument to these theories. But in that mm-hmm. instance, there is no argument. It's like, yeah, he ripped him off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so people think that he faked his death. Um, and faking death is a theme that appears in some Shakespeare works, as does mm-hmm. changing identity mm-hmm. and banishment, being pushed to the outskirts of society. Um, these are frequent themes that come up, which also lead people to think, of course, that, well, we think Marlowe faked his death, and these themes come up all the time yeah. in Shakespeare's works, so maybe that's something. And most interestingly, uh, and this kind of is why I couldn't really answer your question of did they know each other or was mm. he just ripping them off? Yeah. As of 2016, mm-hmm. the uh, New Oxford Shakespeare, who I think controls and publishes Shakespeare's works, as of 2016, they officially decided that Christopher Marlowe is listed as a co-author on Henry VI parts 1, 2, and 3. Whoa. Because they use some sort of like statistical analysis of the writing and determined that there were word groupings and like cadences Mm -hmm. that are so closely aligned to the works of Marlowe that if they weren't collaborating, he was at least ripping them off to the point where you have to give him credit. credit. The way that you see that in some lawsuits now where it's like Taylor Swift is being sued by the Rolling Stones because whatever. She had to credit Paramore and like two other people. Yeah, every year or two, like there's a major thing like that where it's like in most cases today when we're talking about music, nobody was ripped off. People Mm -hmm. just had you know the same thoughts the same right. the same mm-hmm. rhythm came out on the guitar and it's nobody's fault like mm-hmm. i mean you could genuinely have never heard the song before in your life but right. if you ca- kind of play the same chords there's and only so you many get chord sued for it like that sound good you have to share that money because they wrote it before you and published it before you so mm-hmm. i'm unclear if this is a case of collaboration or right. just being ripped off um but also maybe the world is unclear. I just I don't really know yeah. enough to say for sure. But interesting that he is listed as a co-author now on those three Very separate part one, two, and three of uh, Henry the Sixth. It is interesting. Um, I wonder if like more will come out, or if that is just the only one that was so extreme they had to do it. You know, I mean Shakespeare wrote a lot of plays. I think so. Th- they have this sort of um, this like statistical way of looking at it, mm-hmm. where they can. So in this instance, I think it was a specific word grouping. I can't remember what it was. It was it was a very peculiar like two words next to each other that um sort of a writing style of putting these two words next to each other that were two mm. obscure-ish words where it's like, okay, if you saw that in this guy's writing, but it's been in this guy's plays 10 times over the last 10 years, like yeah. clearly you're stealing from him because yeah. these two words don't belong together. 
they don't appear anywhere else in any writing ever besides this guy's plays and now they're in yours like you're lifting a line from him it's like when they can catch people via hand not even handwriting but like typing they can catch you know people who've done bad things because they like always spell a word wrong the same way yeah no that's exactly right and that's that's what this one video i was watching was talking about how they have um basically software that can do that that Mm -hmm. can read every every word written that you you know input so you're like look at every shakespeare thing and they they just analyze it and then you can run it against any other writing and it can find it can measure everything from average sentence length to placement of words to number of times word appears like romeo romeo wherefore art thou romeo it's like okay that's romeo three times in one sentence and this is just an example i'm making up they could look at a marlowe play and be like he in three other plays has had a character say you know call out to another person and use their name three times in a sentence because mm-hmm. now when, if, if i said like Catherine, Catherine, uh, grab me some, a cup, Catherine. You know, it's like that mm-hmm. sounds like Shakespeare, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. that's not how people talk, and that is like almost a patented like uh, uh, syntax. Yeah. But if they can look and see that, oh, someone else had written like that before, that's a really strong similarity. We need to examine that connection further. So they have done that a lot with his plays, and I don't think um, it has uh, it has resulted in any anything besides this instance with Christopher Marlowe and mm-hmm. Henry the sixth part parts one, two, and three. I think that's the only thing I guess you could say so far, but you know, with a software like that, I feel like they could probably just buzz through everything in the yeah, matter of like totally. a minute. Minutes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but interesting th- that they have looked into it on that level. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said though, so many more theories. Mm-hmm. These were, seem to be like the three most prominent, um, but there are definitely theories four, five, and six that follow very closely to this one. So it's not like these are the the, the standalone and then there are a bunch of little offshoots. It's like, no, there mm-hmm. are a ton. These just seem to be like the three worth focusing on for, you know, a, what's going to be a 40-minute episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go look up your own uh, – go on your own little adventure of looking into if Shakespeare actually wrote all of these by himself – and let us know what you come up with because yeah. color me intrigued. I mean, after listening to you, my conspiracy theory is that Shakespeare did write it, but just like fully ripped off Marlowe. And during those lost years, maybe they were like hanging out and exchanging stuff. And Shakespeare the whole time was like, dang, this guy's so good. Like, he's better than me. Like, oh, I wish I was that good. And then Marlowe either is killed by Shakespeare or conveniently dies. And Shakespeare is like, whoa. And just like capitalizes on it. Look, I like these ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they're true. I'll just leave it at that. I shouldn't poo-poo <laughs> your, your idea. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of some more things that came up. Uh, there are certain things with like uh Sir Francis Bacon where mm-hmm. Stratford Shakespeare's hometown there are similarities between where Sir Francis Bacon grew up I need to stop calling him Sir Francis Bacon just Why? Bacon I don't yeah, know sure. it's just bacon such a long name mm-hmm. to, I mean it's not long but three words yeah, I've never even lot. met the guy It's a lot 
uh, where Bacon grew up in Stratford. Like there are a ton of similarities there where people are like, well, clearly when anytime he's referencing Stratford, that's because Bacon is from Stratford. It's not because Shakespeare mm. is from Stratford. But Shakespeare is from Stratford. I know, but it's like things like, I don't know, these little specifics. It's so hard to like describe what I'm skimming through. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there? You just reminded me of something when you were talking. About a, about my murder theory? I don't think it was... Oh, no. It was... Uh, there's a, another strong theory that maybe even deserves a spot in the top three. is the group theory that Shakespeare was... Well, Shakespeare was a guy. We know that. He mm-hmm. was a real person. But his writings that were attributed to William Shakespeare mm-hmm. were the um, the amalgamation of, like, several minds sure. that all kind of... I don't know if they wrote together or just mm-hmm. pieced together things that they had written individually and that they were released under his name. Uh, another thing with that first guy, Oxford, he was, like I said, part of this royal family, but he was sort of like a loose cannon guy, like couldn't be trusted, like squandered all his money. Mm. Um, so some people think that maybe Shakespeare was given the credit for these things, like as to... Um, to like punish him or something? No, not punish him. What was the idea? I think maybe maybe to give it a little more like, credibility or yeah, something? Yeah, credibility um, and maybe like he had already embarrassed the public enough. Mm. So like I don't know if I'm saying this the right way. But... Yeah, that kind of makes sense. That it was like there are these great works but it will be kind of wasted or like tainted if we said it was this guy who did it. So we'll say it's this guy who did it because that guy's a hot mess. Yeah, maybe something something along along those lines and it was sort of similar with with francis bacon because he's this great thinker this like really admired guy and it's he's like well maybe i don't want to tarnish that reputation by like putting out these plays that he thinks are good but maybe they suck right you know and he doesn't know that now we're you know hundreds of years later everyone thinks they're amazing he's just like oh i love writing plays but i you know because because i have been thinking that i've been like I get these conspiracies and, you know, like, I'm enjoying them. I'm, like, you know, down with them to a certain extent. But the biggest thing to me has been, like, why would anyone not take credit for it? Like, why would these people especially even give credit to, like, another person who actually exists? It's one thing to just use a pseudonym and you're anonymous and that's your deal. But why would you be like, yeah, I'm writing the greatest plays ever written and I'll just say this dude wrote them. Like, it's chill. I don't care. Like, it doesn't make much sense. But these this explanation explains it a little bit, right. as does my murder theory. So just floating that murder theory again. <laughs> All possible. But yeah, you're yeah. totally right. When, when perhaps it's coming from the hands of somebody who's already successful and wealthy, yeah. be it Francis Bacon. Because like Christopher Marlowe, why? Why would you, you're writing the best plays ever written. Why are you just going to say this guy wrote them instead? Uh, unless you want to fake your death and go on and live somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe he just had a you just really release all your work through him. I don't know. Girlfriend or something. And he's like, I can't do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really <laughs> weird and it's all far fetched. And it's, yeah, it, it, it's probably all just, Right. People's imagination running mm-hmm. wild and connecting dots that aren't really there. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool to think about. Yeah, it's, and it's fun like, to like we said in the beginning, this is a conspiracy theory that certainly isn't hurting anybody physically or even hurting anyone's feelings. Because if you get your feelings hurt over uh, maybe pondering whether Shakespeare wrote <laughs> these plays or not, 
you're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Shakespeare is, is whoever he was, he's dead. So he can't yep. feel bad about it. Nor can he speak up for himself. But that's why we get to guess. All true. It is interesting, though, because in the beginning when we were wondering if Shakespeare, like, was even a real guy? What's mm-hmm. the deal? I was thinking, like, he must have a lineage. He must have mm. ancestors. And now that we know that he for sure yeah. was a real guy. Um, and And father. that's not debated. And father. You're right. Yeah, good point. Um, where is his family now? Yeah, true. Do they have any, I mean, I guess public domain laws in the U.S. don't allow yeah, for you yeah. to maintain control. I don't know about England, but I would imagine they're probably yeah. kind of follow along the same way. Um but still, do they have like, any control over his estate? Or, or even, I mean, even if they don't, like, they're just running around, surname Shakespeare, you think people would be like, yo. Totally, yeah. And it's not like his name was freaking, like, uh, I don't know, like. William Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really where I was going. I was trying to think of a terrible name from the 1500s, oh. <laughs> uh, but I can't think of any. What would be a bad old name? Like, um,. Poop Scooper? Yeah, like if his name was Poop Scooper Shakespeare, like obviously you're not going to name your kid that now, but his name was William. Like if you're... I meant his name would be William Poop Scooper. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant first name. Ugh. That's what I was thinking. My point being, William is still like a totally acceptable slash a very popular name. Like if your name is Shakespeare, if you can draw a direct line to William Shakespeare... Not yeah. that many generations ago. I mean, what, yeah. eight, gener- nine generations ago? It's like, it's not that crazy to to think that, like, his yeah. direct line knows who they are. Right. They must. We should look them up. And there must be people named, like, I, oh my God. If my great, 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 great grandfather's name was William Shakespeare, my son would be named William Shakespeare, for sure. <laughs> I would never let that end. Like, yeah, I agree. That's so sick. Yeah. So there are probably some. There have to be like eight William Shakespeare's out there who are related to William Shakespeare. Well, let's get on Facebook, find them, and message them. Okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. That would be fun <laughs> for the show. Uh, cool. This was really fun. I enjoyed this. I'm glad to hear you liked looking it up too. It was quite the Shakespeareance. Oh wow! That was the other one I was saving from the I beginning. I liked it. I did. I okay, like can it. Can we end? Can we end now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Thirty Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today, and send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you are a real life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at Thirty Minute Expert Podcast. That's three zero Minute Expert Podcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.